0: This is a message from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We pray that it will encourage you in your walk of faith. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Youssef or Leading the Way, please visit ltw.org. There is a word that has crept into our vocabulary of recent years, and that word is rage, rage, rage. We hear about road rage, where a driver gets so angry and so mad that he shoots at the driver in the other car. We hear of workplace rage, where a disgruntled employee takes a gun and he goes back to his former workplace and shoots at his former colleagues. We've heard of teen rage, where young students. Will take a gun and goes to school and he shoots the teachers and the fellow students. Rage. There are all kinds of rage in our society today. But the most significant and the most common rage of all that I've seen all across the globe is rage against the living God. It is a rage that is directed upon God the Father and God the Son. From Asia to Europe, from the Americas to the Middle East, rage against God, His Anointed One, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His followers worldwide. Christians are the most persecuted group of people on the face of the earth. Statistics after statistics tell us that those who publicly confess Jesus Christ get thrown into prison. They are tortured and they are killed. Why? Because there is a rage against His anointed one, the Lord Jesus Christ, and rage against His children, those who follow Him. Rage is simply not being upset. I want you to understand the difference. <laughs> that does not mean just you being upset. But rage, as I understand it, is a sense of emotional insanity. Rage is a sense of irrational anger. Rage is a state of uncontrollable hatred. And Psalm 2 tells us all about the state of rage worldwide against the Lord Jesus Christ and against the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1,000 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was prophesied of him In Psalm 2, about the rage that people would have toward him and toward his followers. Let us read that psalm together. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let's break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you, my son, today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with iron scepter. You will dash them in pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoicing in trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry. And you will be destroyed in your way. For the wrath can flare up in a moment. Yes. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask you to open our spiritual eyes. That we will see the unbelievable, incredible truth that comes out of your word. For we ask this in his name. Amen. Psalm 2 is one of the clearest messianic prophecy in all of the Old Testament. In other words, it prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ 1,000 years before he was born in Bethlehem. And in this psalm, there are four speakers, and they all basically share three verses each. The first speaker is in verses 1 to 3, is the narrator. The second speaker, verses 4 to 6, is the voice of God the Father. The third speaker, in verses 7 to 9, is the voice of God the Son. And the fourth speaker, in the last three verses of Psalm 2, is the voice of God the Holy Spirit. There's another way I want to put this to you, so you can remember it. First, there is man's defiance of God's authority. Verses 1 to 3. Secondly, there is the Father's displeasure. Over man's rebellion, verses 4 to 6. And thirdly, there is a dominion and a domination over the earth by God the Son, verses 7 to 9. And finally, the Spirit's deliverance of those who turn to Jesus Christ. Turn to Psalm 2, if you haven't already. Here in this psalm, you'll see a clear evidence of the Trinity in the Old Testament. Some people say this Trinity is a newfangled idea, like the Jehovah's Witnesses claim. They say it's a newfangled idea that was brought into the church by some of the early Christians. Read my lips. Hogwash. (laughs) The Trinity is revealed, not fully to be sure, but is revealed in the Old Testament. When God said, let us go and make Man, according to our own image, he was talking in the voice of the Trinity, and here in this psalm is the clearest revelation of the Holy Trinity 1,000 years before Jesus was revealed, thousand thirty-some years before the Holy Spirit was given to the Earth. It is not surprising, therefore, that you find that Psalm two is one of the most quoted psalm in the entire New Testament. Simply because this psalm found its true fulfillment in the New Testament. First, the narrator's voice. Man's defiance of God's authority. Have you ever asked yourself a question when you in your quiet a moment? Have you ever asked yourself, you pick up the newspaper, you read about the persecuted church, you you read about how people are absolutely conspiring and raging against Christians and against Christianity and against the word of God. Have you ever asked yourself why? Why? Why do they hate God so much? Why do people resent God so much? Why do people plot and plan against the authority of the Word of God so much? Why do people premeditatedly protest against God's laws? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I'm going to answer it in a minute, but I'm going to let you hold on for a couple of seconds. (laughs) Because I want to tell you something else before I answer the question. There's a very important word here in verse 1 of Psalm 2. And I want you to circle it in your Bibles. And if you're taking notes, write it down. And in various translations, it's translated differently, but it's the same word. It means imagination or plotting. I want you to contrast that word with the same word it's found in Psalm 1. Actually, in Hebrew, it's exactly the same word. Where it says... Blessed is the man who meditate upon the Word of God. Meditation, that's the same word in Hebrew as it is in Psalm 2. Psalm 1, Psalm 2. In fact, most theologians think it used to be one Psalm. Here's that same word, meditate. In Psalm 1, it says that the godly meditate upon God's Word. In Psalm 2, it said the ungodly meditate on how to get rid of God. In Psalm 1, it says that the godly imagines good things. He imagines godly thoughts. But in Psalm 2, it says the ungodly imagines way by which they can defy God. In Psalm 1, the heart of the godly is filled with thoughts of how to glorify God. But in Psalm 2, the heart of the ungodly is filled with thoughts of how to undermine the authority of the Word of God. In Psalm 1, the godly takes his stand upon the Word of God. But in Psalm 2, the ungodly takes his stand upon the new morality, which is nothing but biblical immorality. And the psalmist said that when it comes to the defiance of God... These groups of people, they may hate each other. They may be at enmity with each other. They may not able to stand each other. But when it comes to the commonality of hating God, they become united. You don't believe me? Look around you. Look around you in this nation. Look around you. Politicians, courts, the NEA, people for the American way the National Organization for Women, countless others, they are about one thing and one thing only in this country. Namely, throw God out of the schools. Throw God out of the courtrooms. Throw God out of public life. Throw God out of public policy. Throw God out of life, period. Why? Because His laws, they said, His moral absolutes are like chains. They are restraining us from doing what we want to do. And the psalmist said that 3,000 years ago. It's going to happen. It's happening now. Because biblical morals, biblical ethics are repugnant to them. Because they cannot stand it. And therefore, they want to change it. They want to change it. So today... We don't have liars anymore. We have people with big imagination. We don't have thieves anymore. We have creative financing. I mean, we do not have sexual immorality anymore. Only sexual choices and sexual preferences. Today, we have no heretics anymore. Only people differing in their opinions. And on and on and on. Restraints have been broken. Christians, I want you to listen to me. When you come to the point in your life of thinking that what you want is more important than what's in the Word of God, you are doing what the heathens are doing. When you neglect the Word of God... And ignore the Word of God, you are doing what the heathens are doing. When you neglect your prayer life and you walk with the Lord in intimacy, you are doing what the heathens are doing. Well, how does God react to this derision? How does God react? Well, look at verses 4, 5, and 6 of Psalm 2. There's one thing I want to tell you with absolute assurance that God is not doing. He's not wringing his hands in heaven saying, oh my, what am I going to do? These people are rejecting me. What am I going to do about these folks? That's one thing he's not doing. God is not sitting there with a bottle of my lantern next to him. (laughs) And saying, oh, I'm what sick over man's defiance of me. No, 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 no. No, The Bible doesn't say that at all. The Bible said that God laughs and he scoffs at them. Now, <laughs> let me bring this to the level so you can understand it. I want you to imagine an elephant's reaction when he's challenged by a mouse. <laughs> Listen, if they think they can get rid of God, might as well let them reach out into the skies and pull down the stars. If they think they can get rid of rid of God out of life, might as well let them pull down the sun and the moon and stop them from shining. If they think they can get rid of God out of life, might as well let them reach to the heavens and destroy the galaxies. If they think they can get rid of God, might as well let them control the rain and the storms and the floods. If they think they can throw God out of life, might as well let them do something about the droughts and about the hurricanes and about the earthquakes. If they think they can get rid of God, let them put the ocean in a bucket. How foolish! How foolish! No, God does not hide from them. The psalmist said, He doesn't hide. <laughs> he doesn't sit there and look down and start counting. You know, one, two, three. How many of them? Well, oh, they got a lot of people there, man. Couple of billion people. Oh, my goodness. Well, I got so many. How many do I have? No, no. God doesn't do that. (laughs) The Bible said that God doesn't even get out of his seat. He sits in his seat and he laughs at them. He laughs at these imbeciles who think that they can get rid of God. Now, this is the only time in the Bible that says God laughs. But I want to tell you something this is not a pleasant laughter. That's not a pleasant laughter. It is not a pleasant laughter. In fact, it is a laugh of the region. Listen to me. With all of our technologies, with all of our sciences, with all of our skills, with all of our talents, with all of our innovations, with all of our creativities, with all of our big talk, we only one breath away from being dust of the earth. Let me tell you something. Our very breath that we draw in the next second is on lease from God. He can click his finger, takes the lease away, and you're dead. And I'm dead. No. You know, sometimes I honestly want to laugh, and I want to laugh loud, just like God. (laughs) Every time I see the politicians talk about the human spirit. The indomitable human spirit and the power of the human spirit. I want to laugh like God. (laughs) Buddy, without God, there is no human spirit. Well, look at verse 5. You see, in verse 5, it's a powerful verse. And I'll tell you basically what it means. It's when the last peal of the chilling laughter dies away... It is replaced by the rising tide of fearful, holy wrath. Please hear me right. When God's patience runs out, when God's mercy comes to an end, when God's time of grace is over, it will give way to justice. And oh Lord, I pray for that day to come. But I want to tell you something. When that day comes, those who wanted to throw God out of public life, those who denied the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have scorned the virgin birth, those who have denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ, those who have wanted to live their lives their way, not God's way, those who shared the innocent blood of the unborn, those who have decreed the banishment of God out of life, they will stand alone without defense. The Bible described the day of judgment as a dreadful and great day. The Bible said that on the day of judgment, The rulers of the earth and the kings of the earth, they'll be running from mountain to mountain, crying out to the rocks, saying, fall on us, fall on us, fall on us, cover us from Him, whose face of Him who sits on the throne. The defiance of God's authority, the Father's derision, the Father's displeasure over man's rebellion. And thirdly, verses 7 to 9, you see the Son's dominion over all the earth. Today, Jesus' name is used as a swear word. Today, Jesus' name is despised and rejected. Today, Jesus' name is described as divisive and unacceptable. Today, the name of Jesus is forbidden to be mentioned in many countries. Today, the name of Jesus is outlawed in many schools and many institutions. But let me tell you something. 1,000 years before Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, God said of Jesus, He is my only beloved Son. 1,000 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God's Son, He is my anointed. God said, He is my only choice. God said, He is the only way to me. God said, He is my begotten beloved Son. God said, He is the bread of life. God said, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. God said, that He is the door to the sheepfold. God said, He is the only good shepherd. God said, that He is the spring of the living water. God said, He is the resurrected and the life. 1,000 years later, after this prophecy was given, Jesus stands in the River Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And there, the Holy Spirit appears, and the voice of God the Father speaks This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Please hear me right. Jesus was with the Father before the world was ever created. Jesus with the Father right now. Jesus will be with the Father forever. And that nothing, no statement, no theologian, no seminary, no liberal church can ever change that. When Satan wanted Jesus to take the shortcut to rule over the earth, you know what I mean by shortcuts? Let me tell you something, if he tempted Jesus to take the shortcut, don't ever be surprised that he tempts you and he tempts me to take the shortcuts. Don't be surprised. He said to Jesus, all you need to do to take the earth from me, he said, just bow to me and it's all yours. You know what Jesus said? Buzz off, Satan. It's a rough translation, but you understand what I'm trying to tell you. He said, buzz off, because I want to tell you something, the earth is mine. My father is going to give it to me, but I have to go to the cross first. <laughs> I have to the cross and I'll have victory over you. I'll go to the cross in obedience to my father because thousand years ago he prophesied in Psalm two. And I've got to obey my father. And that is why the Bible said that he is the firstborn from among the dead. That's what it means. He's the firstborn. I want you to look at verse 8. Verse 8, Psalm 2. I believe with all my heart, this verse ought to be the motto of every faithful Christian. I believe with every fiber of my being that this verse ought to be printed on the walls of every mission organization. I believe that this verse ought to be printed on the walls of every church that claims Jesus for Lord and Savior. This verse, verse 8, ought to be printed on the hearts of every committed child of God. Here's what it says. Ask me and I will make the nations your heritage and and the end of the earth your possession. You know, I've got a level with you. Because I'm going to open my heart to you as I look at the events of the world and I see what's going on around us, I want to tell you in all honesty. I am absolutely sickened in my stomach, with the defeatist attitude of many Christians. I am literally sickened in my stomach about how so many Christians in this world have no greater vision in life than their next meal, than their next vacation, than the next leisure, than their savings accounts. I am absolutely sick in my stomach when I see Christians are down in the mouth. They talk about what we cannot do. They talk about what cannot be done. They talk about where all the problems are. I know where they are. They talk about the impossibility. The devil tells me all about them. They tell me about all the difficulties in life. They tell me about the limitations. They tell me all that. I am absolutely sickened in my stomach of seeing people who claim to know Jesus. To claim to love Jesus. And yet they spend more time in front of the tube than with the word of God. I get absolutely sickened. Sick in my stomach when I see businessmen stretch their brains to the limit in their business and in their adventures. But when it comes to the Word of God, they become brain dead. Jesus said, ask me. And the problem is, most Christians never ask. When they get sick, yes, they will ask for healing. When they get into trouble, they ask to be delivered. When a loved one is suffering, we ask, yes. That's the only asking we do. I want to ask you a question. Be honest with yourself. You don't have to raise your hand. I want to ask you a question. When was the last time did you pray for something that it is so impossible without the power of God working in it? When was it? Ask yourself that question. Write it down and keep asking it every single day. When was the last time you've asked God for something to His glory? That is impossible to the human mind to accomplish. Listen to me. And I hope you understand my absolute emotions of this. When I see Muslims strategizing and pouring their minds and their money and their time and their energy and their effort. And even spilling their blood for what they think is be the cause of Allah. And I ask what are the Christians doing? other than going to the church, and they don't even stay to the end of the service. And here we are. We know the truth. We have experienced the truth. We claim to love Jesus. We sing the songs. And we sit in our blessed assurance and do precious little, and think that we are great spiritual giants. Listen. I may be a voice crying in the wilderness, in the wits and the brits of this land and around the world. And I'll keep on saying it until my eyes are closed in death or Jesus comes back, whichever first. I pray he'll come back today. I want to tell you again unless Christians wake up and stop. They're self-serving and stop church playing and stop butterflying. They will wake up and it will be too late. Man's defying of God's authority. The Father's displeasure of man's rebellion. The Son's dominion over all the earth. And finally, the Spirit's deliverance of those who turn to the Son... Look at verses 10, 11, and 12 of Psalm 2. Now let me tell you absolute biblical truth. Make no mistake about what I'm going to tell you. God the Holy Spirit yearns for the lost. He yearns for the lost. God's Spirit takes no pleasure in judging man. God would rather save people than judge them. And that is why he added those words in his prophecy. In Psalm 2, the last word, the last word here, be wise now. Be wise now. You rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Hear me right on this one. God is a God of peace, not war. But God will not force His love upon those who have decided to rebel against Him and against His Son. He will not force Himself. And that is why the psalmist warns us 3,000 years ago. He warns us, kiss the Son lest He be angry. Take heed and don't despise His warnings. Be forewarned or else... You will have no excuse. Turn to him now before it is too late. Accept his offer of peace and be saved eternally. Recognize his amnesty is not going to be forever. His amnesty is not going to last for eternity. Because one day that amnesty will be withdrawn. For the Bible tells us that Jesus... Is coming back. How many of you really truly believe that Jesus is coming back? Say amen. amen. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back. I pray he'll come back today. And a lot of people believe that he's around the corner, and I can't wait. But I want you to know this listen carefully. You see, in his first coming, he came as a helpless baby in Bethlehem. But in his second coming, he's going to come with power and great glory. In his first coming, he came as weak and lowly and meek and lowly. But in his second coming, he's going to come as a judge of all humanity. In his first coming, he was dragged before Pontius Pilate and before Herod. But on his second coming... Pontius Pilate and Herod and all the arrogant rulers of the world who have rejected him and rejected his salvation, they will be dragged before him. On his first coming, he hung helplessly upon the cross to redeem those who put their faith in him, those who trust in him. But in his second coming, he will come holding a rod of iron and the scepter will be in his hand. In his first coming, he pleads with men and women to turn to him. But in his second coming, there will be pleading for mercy and will be too late. In his first coming, he stretched out his hand of fellowship with every human being who would stretch their hands back to him. But in his second coming, he will stretch out his hand of judgment upon all of humanity. Kiss the Son thousand years before Christ was born, kiss the son, kiss the hand that has been pierced for you. Kiss the hand that's been pierced and you will be saved from the judgment to come. The Bible said there is no condemnation upon those who are in Jesus Christ.